Hello, this is Yaro Starak, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Alexa Fisher. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the EJ Podcast. Alexa Fisher's story will start in a moment. But first, I want to make sure you're getting these podcasts sent to you via email as soon as I release new ones. To subscribe to the email list, go to interviewsclub.com, which will direct you to a blog post where you can click a link to open up a box where you type in your email address and then subscribe for email updates. That's interviewsclub.com. And then you'll receive all my latest podcast interviews, as well as some of my best podcasts from the EJ podcast archives. Now let's begin the interview with Alexa. Hello, this is Yaro Starek and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today on the line with me, I have a guest who specializes in confidence, speaking with confidence, and I was trying to get her to say public speaking coach, but she refuses to take (laughs) that label. But uh, that would be the most common, I think, uh, problem people have. Speaking in confidence in situations where you need to be a, a confident communicator, whether it's in work or pitching a business. And she runs an online business selling coaching and online courses, as well as, of course, blogging and podcasting, doing everything that we talk about an entrepreneur's journey in terms of becoming an information marketer based on some kind of expertise. Uh, but to get there, my guest has gone through uh, an interesting journey, which we're going to hear about from, I believe, actor, actress, I don't know what the correct term is nowadays, to... No, me neither. <laughs> ...to becoming <laughs> a uh, an online uh, business professional. And she also does well with uh, Udemy courses. So we're going to talk about all of this. And all of that's led to a business that's made $250,000 so far online. So definitely worth hearing about this transition story. And I'd like to welcome Alexa Fisher to share that story with us. So thank you, Alexa. Oh, no, thank you. What an absolute pleasure to be here because I've been watching and learning from you for years. And I just it just have to pinch myself. The internet is such a fun thing where you get to connect with people literally all over the world. So thank you. Where are you right now? Right now I'm in Santa Monica, California. So I'm still close to my entertainment roots. And uh, it's a beautiful day here. Unfortunately, we're, we're hoping for not so beautiful days. We want rain, but it's mm. once again sunny and beautiful. Okay. Well, I'm coming from windy Toronto at the moment, so we're not too far away. Ah, okay. Very good. Very good. So th- there's a lot to cover here. And I'm curious... Uh, well, I want to hear about the acting, but I, I just have to make sure that is the place to start. So can we go all the way back in time to where you were born and raised? Was it in California? No, actually, it was in Washington, D.C. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, then spent most of my childhood in Washington, D.C. And um, my family had nothing to do with politics. But while I was a youngster, I actually tapped into my love of acting from a very young age. I did it all in high school, not professionally, just for fun. But it really spoke to me because I think from the time I was a little girl, I really loved people. I loved talking to people. I loved, I was curious about people. I was friends with all different kinds of people. And when I graduated high school, I ended up going to Northwestern and studying theater in their school of communications. And I started to walk into a little bit of the process of what does it mean to really dive into the human spirit. And to me, that's, that, that's the level of, that I took with acting. I really loved learning about people. 
Um, and so that's, that's where it started. Okay. So was that something you thought would be a career path post-graduating? Yeah, I don't know. I think had I really talked to someone about what it meant to do, um, you know, to be a working actress, I probably never would have started. I, I sort of am much more comfortable in the business realm and, or or maybe you could have been a lawyer. I don't know. But, uh, but my parents were big believers and they said, you can do anything you want, which is both a blessing and a curse. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was great. But I think that that's really set the stage for me to both learn acting, but always have a foot in an entrepreneurial space. I come from uh, a long line of entrepreneurs, specifically retailers, um, that were involved in, in, uh, retail, uh, department stores. My mom had a maternity store growing up that I was always involved in and, uh, real estate. And so I always had this business love of business. And I think that that was one of my frustrations as I started being a professional actress out of undergraduate. Then I went to graduate school for acting, which honestly, this is more training than anyone needs. Um, I went to graduate school at the Yale School of Drama, and then I went from Yale, uh, ended up getting a play, ironically, in Los Angeles, where I met a lot of my agents out there who said, well, you must do TV and film, because that's really the work of a working actress. So I listened to them, and I started doing a ton of commercials and TV shows and a film and, uh, and or two. And, and what happened was, in that journey, um, I realized what that business actually was. And for many people, they don't realize that it looks so glamorous, but that there are so many hours sitting around waiting for the lights, waiting for the sound, waiting, 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 waiting. And for someone who really loves working and loves giving back and loves a business, I was bored, like profoundly bored because the, the, the joy of acting, um, it was just a different beast when you were working in, in that capacity. Um, some of it was really fun and I still love the, the acting itself and I, and I do do it occasionally, but um, I knew I needed more. And uh, there was one moment where it all sort of came to a head and I literally turned to the, to the universe and I was like, what am I doing with my life? So I can tell you about that. But that was really these two parallel lives that I led. You know, you know that feeling where it's like where you stop and you say to yourself, you know, what am I doing with my life? And that's, that's what's that, that out of that question uh, came my business. So how old were you when that question was asked in the middle of this acting career? Oh, that's so interesting. I probably was in my mid-30s, mid-30s. Okay. So so. I really had invested. I mean, I was all in, and it was going well. So it didn't really make sense that I was so disenchanted with, with that business, but I just knew in my gut that it wasn't right. And I'll tell you why specifically, and this, this plays to the sort of the heartstrings um, reason. You know, it bothered me fundamentally that people who were not in the entertainment industry really compared themselves to celebrities and put themselves down. They sort of projected this perfect life and it was so glamorous and and that they could never live up to that ideal, so they would put themselves down. And that was so not what I believed. I believe that everybody is amazing, and I believe that everybody has this phenomenal light that's inside of them. And it, it's something that I sort of coined uh, you know, the, this thousand-watt presence. And when you compare yourself, especially to this illusion that other people are so perfect, it's just it just brings misery. Mm. And so one of the reasons why I was like, no, 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 no. 
superstars or celebrities whom I had the privilege of working with, some are great and some are really not so great. They're just humans. And, um, and if I could teach people really how to tap into the best part of themselves, so this comes to the confidence training, and then be able to express themselves and connect with people, that's the communication part, then I believe that people will be happier, more productive, more fulfilled human beings. And that was the, the seed of my desire as I began this business, was to really turn everything that's on its head and really teach people how to be superstars. That was my idea. Right. So you almost saw the, the movie and TV industry as a, a negative influence in some regards because of people comparing themselves to a, a sort of false reality. Absolutely. And then look at, I mean, who really feels great after looking at their Facebook feed? Like, let's just, let's just step out of the entertainment industry for a minute. But this culture of comparison and also the now societal norm to sort of project this fictitious like version of yourself and not fictitious because look, if you're posting pictures of your life, it's really your life, but we're only posting the good stuff. So if, if and I hear this over and over again with clients and the young people that I work with and even friends where they look at their Facebook feed and they get depressed, they think, oh, I'm not going on that great vacation. And like my kids aren't wearing that cute Halloween outfit and, and this, this sort of compare and despair philosophy, this is eroding our lives and our addiction to these devices and, you know, don't get me wrong. I am promoting a business online. I love the power of the internet and the power of our devices to do what we do, you and I do. But I also think there's a human element that I want to help people reconnect to themselves, inside themselves, this thousand watt light that they were born with so that they can share that and connect and just be happier and be more confident. So this is a big, big piece of what I do and what I teach. Okay, so you in your mid-30s and you, you have this realization, was it a case of drop everything, set up website, off you go? Or did you kind of need to tr gradually transition, transition, you know, educate yourself on one thing while still doing the acting? How did the, the, yeah. the, the change happen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so truthfully, and the true story, honest to God, and I can send you a picture of literally when this happened because it was on television. I was shooting an episode of a TV show here in the States called Bones, and I was playing a lawyer, and something bad happened to my character in the course of the episode. And it was like a 14 hours into the shoot day, and we're filming in the LA Times building, which is just really dirty, to be perfectly honest. And I'm laying there on the dirty floor, with fake blood coming out of my mouth, waiting for the lights, waiting, 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 waiting for them to yell, roll, you know, roll. And I like had this little mini panic attack where I did say, what am I doing with my life? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> You're a dead corpse saying, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? And I've got blood coming out and I'm literally going to email you this picture literally okay. from this moment that is captured on television. And in that moment, I literally asked the universe, like, come on, give me a sign. Like, I know that there is more that I can be doing, that I want to be doing, that I was destined to do, and I need a way. I need, I need a light. I need a, I need a sign. So I kid you not, three days later, a woman that I had met on set years ago that we became fast friends, um, she was a makeup artist. She had started a business where she was up-leveling um, executive women. She was giving them makeovers and, and changing their clothes and, and sort of looking at their life and how they could like take their look to the next level. And she needed a media coach. And she reached out to me because she thought, 
I would be great at it. And when I'm on the phone with her, I was like, didn't even think. I was like, absolutely. I would love to be a media coach for you. Yes. And I, I mean, my, my ideas started to pull, pour out of me. And I just said, yes, yes, yes. And she was pretty high profile. And by the time we met, she flew out to California. We worked together for a day or something. And she was having a big live conference. And she said, not, you know, I would really love for you to MC my live event. And by the way, you know, it's hundreds and hundreds of people. You should probably have a website in case people want to work with you. And that was the spark that just made me go forth. Like I had not thought about an online business. I certainly had never built a website before. And I just became, um, you know, multiple full-time person. So I was still acting for sure, still acting because that was sort of my career. I had kids. So I was, you know, mom. Um, I was building in the weekends at night. I was studying online business. I was learning from other people and I was building my own stuff. And my way, the way for me to really solidify my methodology was to build a class. And at the time, nobody was really doing video classes. But the way that I work is, and maybe this is because of my performance background, but I, I would map out what my methodology was, like really what would, it, what would it take for somebody to overcome their fears and build their confidence? What would it take for people to be able to assess themselves in terms of looking at how they are as communicators? And I, in a room up, you know, in, in a spare room that we had, I set up a camera and I would film by myself for hours on end over the span of eight months to build my first course called Speak Up, Stand Out. And I really did it for me to really get my head around what my methodology was. And, and, um, and that course to this day, I mean, I think that course alone has earned like $30,000. I think I have over 6,000 students of that class. I mean, it was just this thing that I created. Um, and, but then it started uh, my my love of online learning. I, I now have seven comprehensive online courses. Um, that's just a, a big part of what I do. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's not, not jump ahead too far. There's a couple of questions here. I'm curious about the, yeah. you know, I, I can see the connection. You're, you're an actor and then you get hired to do sort of publicity coaching and, and it's, it's, there's demand there. You can see there's a need. A lot of people, enter this world of online business looking for their marketplace. And I think I've actually had people come to me saying, I want to help other people be more confident, which is sort of a, a personal development subject. And I often say to them, that that's very broad. Can we narrow that down to be more confident to get an outcome, you know, to speak in public because you're, you work in an environment where that's going to help you advance your career. So it's a career tool or maybe to speak in order to get funding for your startup. So it's something to teach entrepreneurs. So there's all these little sub niches within confidence. It sounds like to me, you just went out to the, I'm just going to be a confidence coach. And do you sort of think, see who shows up or did it sort of all just kind of fall, fall into your lap over time? Like how, uh, how strategic was this choice of a, of a, of a market, of a, of a subject? Actually, it was reverse. I actually came into the market as a public speaking person. So I really positioned it all around speaking. And it was only through really looking at what my target market really wanted. And I can describe exactly who resonates with my work for you in a moment. But it, it was, it was, it's almost like a one-two punch. Um, 
First and foremost, yes, the number one fear in the world, believe it or not, is public speaking. People would rather be dead than have to public speak, um, to speak in public rather. And um, and so there is that that place. But the more that I put my work out there, the more that I saw the commonality of who my real target market was and who was resonating with my work. And I will tell you, time and time and time again, I see that there are individuals who know deep down that they are capable of more, and yet something is holding them back from really articulating their truth. So that could be their truth in business, being able to really share that brilliant idea at the company retreat, to speak to your boss, to pitch that you know million-dollar, billion-dollar deal to a potential client. It's like they're already successful, but they just want to take it one step further. Or there's someone who's in business, but really, really has wanted to start that online thing, to do their own thing. And they need a push to just get them the courage to move there and then the ability to really tap in and articulate what that idea is. Um, so how did you learn this, though, Alexa? Did, were you, did you have a website and you were getting people's buying services just coming out of the blue? Like you said, you're... You're having contact with people to learn this about them. How how did that happen? How did it happen? Well, I think when I moved to Udemy, and that was really my first time that I was really reaching out to, you know, putting myself in a marketplace and saying, hey, this is what I do. That was a marketplace. That was before your blog, before your podcast. So Udemy was first? Um, you know what? Actually, that's not true. I was starting to put my content out there, and I really framed it under this idea of public speaking. I kept on going to public speaking, public speaking, because I wanted to sort of narrowly define what it is that I do. But I still didn't really understand my target market. I, I didn't have enough insights. I certainly have more insights now in terms of really looking at the marketplace and seeing what people are wanting. But I think it was when I put myself more in the Udemy realm and I started to tap into this idea of entrepreneurs that I understood that these are my people. The entrepreneurs are the ones that you can have, you can want to do a blog, you can want to start a business and create an online course, but you have to have the confidence to talk about what you do. Not only just, oh, and by the way, I was also the sort of in-person component is I was very involved here in Los Angeles with a number of um, really amazing women's networking groups okay. who started to, yeah, who started to um, seek my services and I would do a lot of speaking engagements and I would, and I would do workshops that were about, you know, polishing your elevator pitch and so confidence was okay. always an underlying issue, but yes, that's, that's what I was where missing. I I'm missing the dots of how you learned this because yeah, it's, it's okay yeah. to say, "Well, I, I went after public speaking." What do you mean you went after it? Did you actually create a website and said, "Hire me as a public speaking coach," or did you attend networking events and say, "Hi, I'm a public speaking coach"? Because you have to, yeah. you know, to learn you and define what you are. You, you know, you, you could have gone Udemy first, but normally you have to at least define you know, what yes. product you're making and who you're making it for. And that comes from actually having yes. some clients or talking to people yep. in person. So I was missing the, yep. the connection. There. Yeah. So what would happen in a real world sense was I'm a big believer in figuring it out in real time and with real human beings. So I did. I was very involved in, as I said, in these women's networking groups. I would give a speaking engagement on the subject and I would get clients, a lot of clients directly from those speaking engagements. What do and you sell? Um, I mostly sold it at first I would sell my, uh, my in-person services. So I would either do a workshop. So I would do a paid workshop where we do a little bit of a deeper dive on any given subject. Um, I started to teach people about, 
really finding their message and be able to put themselves on camera, specifically a smartphone. And that, that'll speak to a, a story that I can tell you about later about a course that we created about that. But really, I started to pay attention to what do people really need? Where are they stuck? Was that because, private coaching though? Like did, when you said you, you taught them this, this camera skill, was that just you and you ran workshops? Do you mean you in a room talking to one person or was it multiple online? people? Yeah, no, no. First, when I did workshop, it was me with a group of people. Um, if people wanted, they wanted to go deeper, then I would sell coaching packages. That was in person. Um, so a lot of it was hands on. And then it was from my work in person that I really understood what people were really looking for, what they needed. And then I would build an online course to support that. So in a way, I would test everything in real life with real people, understanding where their needs were, what, how my teaching worked, you know, and how I would be able to deliver it to them. And then I would use the online courses as a way to break it down and make it actionable um, in a very real world way. Um, uh, online. And when I say build classes online, a lot of my classes are me speaking on video. And that, what I've been told is that that's what makes my, my courses as good as they are, mm. is that there's something about the way that I can teach and convey my teaching through the lens that helps people, you know, stay engaged and learn the material and be inspired to take action. I can imagine the 20-year acting career must help yeah. with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and also just being like, you know, it's that weird thing. I, I'll, I'll, t I'll share with you a tiny anecdote. But when I was shooting commercials, there for a long time I would go to auditions um, and, and I wouldn't book them. And I wouldn't book these commercials and I didn't understand. And I was ready to give up because I just said, this is a waste of time. Why am I even bothering? Except there was something inside of me that was like, you know what? I don't care. Just what I'm just gonna go in there and have a good time. Like, I'm just not gonna think about it anymore. I'm just not gonna care. Then I booked every single commercial. And there was something, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that people shouldn't care, but when you transcend this notion of caring what people think about you or doing something because you think that's what they're looking for, you start to tap into a bigger truth. And when I started to have fun in the moment, just being present with whoever I was acting with, doing my thing, not thinking about the outcome, everything elevated, everything. And I started to apply that same notion into my business for myself, and that's ultimately what I teach. Mm -hmm. So that there is something so resonant that instead of, instead of faking it, that's why I'm so specific, I do not teach people how to act. I teach people how to tap into their authentic self so that they can communicate from that truth. And, 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 uh, uh, because it, because it works, because mm. that's what people are thirsty for. And I can tell you, you love teaching it. I, 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 I want to keep jumping back to your story, but I can tell you just want to keep teaching confidence oh, to everyone listening because okay. it's, sorry, it's your sorry. thing, you know, <laughs> it's hard <laughs> not right, to, my but story. I, I do, let me summarize. Cause I want to, uh, you know, paint the picture where we're at. So yeah. acting career from a young age, um, Washington to then LA, crisis point you're a dead body <laughs> in, in bones and no. you you have this realization this is not the, the life you want you then decide to become i guess the the start of a, a teacher in public speaking to begin with you attend live events women's groups you start getting clients doing workshops this helps you to learn about what your market really wants 
Now, I'm assuming you're starting to head towards late 30s or something. So it's kind of late even from a, uh, you know, I don't say traditional, but a lot of people start in their 20s when they start building an online business, not in their late 30s, even though it's not uncommon, but, you know, it's certainly not the standard story. Yep. And facing even things like the technical challenges, I'm sure you were around a lot of technical equipment in the acting career, but that's different from what we do online, especially because you do a lot of it yourself. So could you take us through the point where you go, okay, I'm ready to sell this course? Because I know you said before you created the first program just for yourself, you talking in front of the camera, getting your methodology of, of how to be a confident speaker out there. But at mm-hmm. some point, you must have then said, okay, now I want to make some money from selling my courses online. So could you explain that first experience? Sure. Now, the technical aspect, I mean, you have to remember, Yaro, like their internet wasn't really happening in my 20s. <laughs> I'm an old lady. I don't know how old you are, so I'm not going to ask. I know the rules. So. No, 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 that's okay. I'm, I'm 42. Um, but, uh, not that old. The internet was around, I think. I think then. it was around, but I wasn't on it. <laughs> you weren't interested, no, I think, it was like, the case. You know what it was? It was that dial-up. It was like... I, I, I built Remember my that? first website no. on dial-up. So. Yeah, oh, bless you. Okay, so anyway... Um, yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't my fo- focus at all. But when uh, so when I did start my business, my website, I did not build it myself. I um, I worked with a gentleman who I still work with today, and I knew that that aspect I was going to have to team up with somebody. Uh, so he was building my website, and we wanted something to host my videos on. And at the time, there were very very few options. One who I don't wish to name was very expensive and very clunky. And he was the one that found Udemy because at the time when they began, you could embed their video players for free into your website. And so in one, it just, just out of convenience, um, sheer convenience and economics, we partnered with Udemy, who at the time was really focused on um, uh, uh, software courses, like um, computer classes. It wasn't in the professional, personal development space and professional development space at all. Um, I was one of the early people there. And uh, so we just used it as a way to house our videos. And, um, and we found that they, were, that, that they were making money, which was great. And then at a certain point, Udemy made the decision to then not allow embedding. And so they went uh, and the, the courses then were going to be housed solely on Udemy with a revenue share component. And then I think our first video player we used to embed videos on our site was Vimeo. Um, now I use, uh, I work with a company called Wistia and, and, I, and I host all of my videos on my own website through Wistia. So the first course you sold though, in terms of getting customers was actually Udemy promoting your course. They found you the customers. Is that accurate? Yes, it was. Yeah, it, it was, it was. And I've, and this is a complicated and probably longer conversation, but the Udemy situation in any time, you know, anybody who has courses that are on their own site and on someone else's site. If I were to do direct marketing um, and direct things to Udemy, this is this is a tough one because at the end of the day, it's Udemy's list, not my list. So uh, I have been doing this dance between what is launched on my own site and what is launched on Udemy's website, um, and I'm still I, I have finally made a distinction, which is now I host. Um, my, my signature masterclass called How to Create a Thousand Watt Presence, that is only on my own site. And Udemy has the host of other courses, which I use as lead generators to my masterclass. 
Okay, so today, Udemy, not an income source as much as a, a front end to bring clients to your, your back end, your big flagship course. True, true. But I mean, a lead generator, I mean, it, it's still, you know, my, my, my income um, has, I've generated, you know, I think it's about over $100,000 in sales from, from Udemy. Okay, so that's not just so, lead generation. Is it? No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't call it just lead generation. And I, and I really, truthfully, they've been amazing partners of mine. So I, I, I'm very close with uh, some of the, the top leaders there because I've been with them so long. So there's, you know, there's something that's really, really fulfilling by being part of that platform. Um, but it's now, as their, as their marketing has changed, um, especially in regards to some of the deep discounting they do, I had to adjust as a business owner and really look at um, what was going to strategically work for me in the long run. So... Going back to that transition, did when did it become, or when did you enable to quit the acting career and become full time coach, teacher, consultant, expert? Was that something like? Was there a moment in time you said, you know what, I've just sold thirty thousand dollars worth of uh, courses on Udemy, I can no longer act? Or I guess you said before you still act, so maybe you're still doing a little bit of both. Is that where you're at? Yeah, I think now mostly the acting that I do right now is from the relationships that I have with casting directors. So, for example, um, I was a guest, uh, had a guest appearance on a TV show called um, NCIS, and I had such a great time. I love the crew there. Mark Harmon is just an amazing um, actor to collaborate with. And so recently I was up for a recurring FBI agent, <laughs> which would be so much fun. And I was like, okay, that would be great. Come in, do my work, and I can still... Um, it's local. I mean, it's like all the technical things that nobody thinks about. But so there are, 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 there are TV shows and people that I really love working with. My big moment in time came when I could no longer do any of the commercial acting work because I, I literally could not juggle the schedule of that with the demands of my, my schedule with my clients and my online work. Mm -hmm. So that was one, that was the first thing where I had to tell my agents, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not available to do that work anymore. And then with my TV work, um, I, I still do get calls. So every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. appear on something. Because the work is really fun. Sure, it just yeah. <laughs> couldn't be my only gig. It's, it's too boring. It's funny. Most of these interviews, people are in jobs they hate. And the day they can quit forever is like this you know, amazing breakthrough. They're making enough money from their online business. With you, I can see you, know, you don't necessarily want to break away 100% from that career as well because it's a really good validation for what you're doing online i believe as well yeah. there's a good mix there so yeah. can you take us through how everything works today so and, and how it evolved so you went to udemy and then you were no longer able to embed their content so you had to build your own framework and now i look at your website so i haven't even mentioned it yet if you go to alexafisher.com and i'll put the the link to that in the show notes and Fisher is F-I-S-C-H-E-R. It's a tricky one. That uh, is tricky. <laughs> then you can see on your site, you've got your masterclass or your flagship training program. You've got a blog, you've got a podcast. It's quite a modern design. And then you've still got, I'm seeing eight courses on Udemy with over, over seven and a half thousand students. So that's all kind of humming along. So, and um, you obviously have to do some kind of marketing to get traffic, I'm assuming, yes. beyond just Udemy. So yes, how does yes, your yes. business run today? And I'd love to hear just briefly the technical tools because people love to know oh, you use WordPress and how do you deliver your course now and you know those sorts of things. 
Sure. Let me. Th- well, it's funny. You're catching me right at a really cool time. I am about to embark on a series of um, masterclass webinars. And so my big marketing push right now is all about um, generating uh, in-depth training um, that leads to the masterclass. So um, uh, my first webinar, and I have hired a marketing company, because one thing that I have realized, although I have been a consummate learner in this process, at a certain point in order to jump, you really have to start working in your zone of genius. So um, even though I have an absolute understanding of the technology that I use, some of which includes, uh, obviously, I do have a WordPress site. There's a myriad of plugins that we use to make everything work. I do have my videos hosted on Wistia. Um, but I also use lead pages. We're working with GoToWebinar, you know, all the sort of classic, um, tools that I would imagine many of your listeners are aware of, but looking now to build systems to scale, that is exactly where I am. And when I, when I entered into this year, my intention was to build connection and visibility because I think for me, where I have been stuck is really in constant content creation and not enough systems for scalability. And that's right where I am. So while webinar webinars are content creation, I'm doing them so in a very strategic way so that they can scale to bring in new people, new opportunities, um, and reach more people. Okay. So how do you get traffic right now though? Is it just purely the content, the podcast and Udemy? Yeah. And also I've been doing a lot of interviews. So it's funny that this timing came up as well. Um, so the more interviews I do in terms of visibility, I also uh, am a guest writer on um, Mind Body Green, and so my articles have been shared, you know, you know, tens of thousands of times. And so it's really about getting content out there, so editorial visibility and redirecting back uh, to my website. In your experience, what's been the best source of, of new customers? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I don't know. That's, I think that's why I brought on a marketing person and the marketing uh, uh, a team that I'm working with, you know, they're all about data. And I just said, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Can you mention who they are? are you, you... Yeah. I'm working with a, a company called marketing samurai. Oh yeah. Yeah. They do consulting now. I thought they only just sold uh, their Australian company, aren't they? No. No, 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 at least not the one that I'm, that I'm working with. Well, Marketing Samurai, maybe I'm confusing, there's a software tool called Marketing Samurai. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it's not the same company. No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, that's that's coincidence. Okay, interesting. All right, so it's a case of just expanding on your own brand and getting some, some data, watching the numbers and and growing your your email list, I assume, and then you're going to focus on teaching through webinars and, uh, I'm assuming the online aspect you want to expand, maybe not do as much in person, or do you like the mix? You know, I always love the mix. I love working with people, but the online component is huge for me. And I think that that, I mean, there, there is a combination that fits with my, um, my, my own mission, which is to reach as many people as possible. Some are going to be people that are just getting the information in all of the free places that we post. So it could be the blog, it can be the podcast, um, and some of my free courses that I offer, but then then really scaling the online component and really understanding the power of passive income, which just leads to to freedom, and it's freedom to be able to keep yourself creative and open to new possibilities, and um, you know, and sort of making this all uh, worth your while um, from that point of view. Because I I have also have 
you know, dreams with my family. I don't know if you, I don't know how much of this I've actually put on my blog. I think I've done a few posts, but um, we uh, we bought this retro trailer. This this it, it's brand new. It's a 1961 reissue Shasta Air Flight trailer. Mm-hmm. And this past summer, we really decided we've got two little boys, and we decided to really explore this whole digital nomad movement. And you know, and I know how much you believe in traveling and. Um, the freedom that running an online business affords you. And it was amazing to be able to run promotions and, you know, literally see thousands of dollars appear in your bank account, you know, in a two-day period when you're hiking in the Redwoods, literally. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? This works, and it really works. And if I put, and when I put systems to it, more so than I've ever done, it's going to just scale in all the ways that I know it's possible. So you literally are catching me um, right at the cusp okay. of that. Well, it's, a, it's interesting. It'd be great to see how that transition, uh, especially with the marketing and moving everything to your in-house system, would be very interesting. Yeah. Let's yeah. just take a little switch of gears because I think we're up to date with your story, Alexa. So you know, thank you for sharing all of that. And uh, I, I'm sure people will be motivated to you know t- teach as well online. But I'd love to... Go to where you love talking about. So there's some people <laughs> listening to this uh, podcast interview and they're thinking, you know, I'm not as outspoken. I don't have a 20-year acting career. I'm, I'm you know, not a public speaker. Uh, it's not even something I necessarily want to focus on. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a blogger for a reason. I want to sit behind my computer and hide <laughs> safely behind it. But yeah. let's face it. There's way more interactivity online in terms of video. There's Periscope now. Right. And I think a lot of people who are on the shy, introverted side, they do get this sense like, well, I can't succeed online anymore because I need to be an outgoing, extroverted, talky, social, you know, high energy person to, to build a personal brand. So do you believe that? And, and so what, what would you say to people like that? Oh, that's such a great question. I think one word that you said um, speaks to it, and it's this myth of extroversion. I myself have so many introverted qualities. I do. So there is a myth that because someone is comfortable on camera, they are they must be the life of a party and have a ton of friends and are constantly out, and it's not true. Um, learning how to speak comfortably on camera is a skill like anything else. And the thing that all of this visibility, this increased visibility, whether it's Periscope or Instagram videos or video blogging or video courses, it's really about authenticity. That's what people are thirsty for. Even though we're driven by a culture that sort of runs, um, you know, mad for reality shows and, 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 and all of that, really what people want is this level of, of honesty and and i think that if you are afraid to put yourself out there you are missing that opportunity of connection and this is where i talk about this confidence connection communication piece so i think the first is the myth that you have to change who you are you don't you just have to learn how to use those tools with just a simple game plan it, and it can be, let me be a little more specific. So let's say, for example, looking into a lens makes you really uncomfortable. Well, that's totally normal because it's weird to look into a lens. Why would you be comfortable doing that? But if you understand that beyond that little hole in your smartphone, that little lens or your digital camera is actually that magnificent individual, your target audience that you're talking to. If you personalize 
that individual that you're imagining you're speaking to and you're imagining seeing them receive your information, smile, look like they have a question. You know, if you're imagining that you're really talking to a specific person, it completely changes the dynamic of how you are on camera because it's no longer about you. You're not thinking about, do I look stupid? Does my hair look weird? Am I ugly on camera? You're so connected with the other person on the other side of the lens that automatically you come off as more authentic. And this is just it's just teaching. It's just skills. It's, it's, you know, it's just skills, just like you teach skills. It's not like you're born knowing how to do this. So I help people just sort of map out literally what do you need to do so that you can start getting out of your zone of hesitancy or insecurity and just become a little more confident, whether you're in person or if you're on camera or if you're in front of a boardroom, whatever the case may be, it's really all the same thing. So a person hearing this now who's thinking, okay, I know how to do something too. I've got a, a skill set and expertise that I want to start sharing with the world and also make an income through selling courses, through selling information, mm-hmm. through using my knowledge. But they're right at the start of this process. Now, given that you've you're beyond the start. You've had some success, but you've done it in somewhat different pathways through through Udemy and now more building your own channel. Mm-hmm. What would you just say to someone who's beginning in terms of what they should build first and even what medium you recommend given you know your penchant for, for video? Do you believe that that is the best way, like to start a YouTube channel or, or is there a different path right at the start like, or even – teach in person like you did? Do you think that's the best starting point? Oh, it's so, I think it's such an individual answer. I think that you, if someone is just thinking about it, for me, it can't come from the place of, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money. Where can I make a lot of money? I think that you have to start by asking the question of how can I make an impact in the world? Yes, if your thing is, I want to teach people how to have a free lifestyle, how they can make money online by teaching what they love, that's empowering people. So for me, I would ask that individual, what is your contribution? What impact are you going to make in people's lives and how? And then once you know what that, what that, what your contribution is, meaning what are you teaching? What, it, what are you teaching? What are you excited about? What lights you up? What's going to make an impact in the world? If you come from that place, you will make money doing that. But that has to be the driver of that. That's, that's, my, that's my belief system. Now, once you have the, your subject matter, where are, where's your audience? Are they people that are always searching for information on YouTube? Maybe. Awesome. So use video and use YouTube. It's a huge search engine. It'd be fabulous. Are they readers? Are they someone that consumes a lot of um, you know, content in forms of articles? So be a writer. And that can be hugely successful. Maybe make an ebook. Um, or are they someone who's really in the online video space? There's so many different possibilities. But I would say, where are your people? And build for them. And be in service to them. Find value for them. And if it is so valuable, they will pay you money for it. So I don't think there's any one, uh, one methodology that's the best. But I will say my, my idea is that video is growing uh, at an incredible rate. 
And I do think that people, because they pretty much have the attention span of gnats, that you want to, you know, if someone's going to look at an article or a video, perhaps they would go more towards the video in many, in many cases. But again, where's your audience? What are they consuming? Where's the, where, where are they? And build for them. Do you do more writing than video or more video than writing right now? Oh my God, so much more video than writing. <laughs> so much more, but I'm doing a lot more writing because I find that actually for teaching, you know, with my webinar, I, you know, I just wrote a 10 page uh, workbook to go with it because I actually thought, what's the best service for how are people going to get the most out of this experience? So it had to push me out of my comfort zone. I, in the beginning, I hated writing. That's probably why I built an online course, standing up talking, because that was my comfort level. But, but you know this in business, there's copy that you have to write everywhere. So I became much more well-versed at writing copy for my newsletters that go out every week, for workbooks, for eBooks. I mean, you just have to exercise new muscles. And that's part of the deal of being an entrepreneur. It is hard to get away from writing the entire internet's no. words, right? So Yeah, no, 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 you have to. And that's what the search engines love. So yeah. yes, you have to be able to write. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, okay, Alexa. Well, thank you for a bit of a pep talk there as well as your story. I think it's it's good to have both mixed in. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we look to wrap it up? You know, I think it's just that anything is possible. And I think that can be overwhelming as an entrepreneur. You have this constant feeling, and I don't know, maybe you feel this way too, that there's always more you could be doing, more you could learning. There's always a new thing. Um, but that to go to that place, and instead of sort of succumbing to overwhelm, I think just being okay with where you are and knowing that this journey takes time. So that, you know, as you said, maybe most of your target audience or the people that you speak with are like in their 20s. And I'm 42. And so what? Because someday I'm going to be 52. And who cares? Because I've, you know, you just say yes to this journey and it's going to take you as long as it's going to take you. But the key is to start. That'd be my advice. And where can people find you? Ah, alexafisher.com. And if you do backslash welcome, that's actually, um, if I've got a latest promotion and sort of a little smattering, a little buffet of Alexa offerings, you can go there. And I, cause I keep that up to date. Yeah. I like, is it the new the design fairly new? The, uh, the front page? Um, it is, but it always evolves. Yeah. I think I'm going to be, because I've got some new promoting, I'm probably going to shake it up in the next couple of weeks and I'm not sure when this is going to go live. So, right. yep. so yeah, yeah. It's a it's, canvas. It's an, it is. It is a canvas. Have you ever met an entrepreneur that's like, oh, my website's exactly where I want it. <laughs> Never. Yeah. It can but, be a hobby yeah. changing the design. Oh, so, totally. Yeah. Totally. But no, I, I'm pretty happy with it now and I'm, I've got my attention other places. Okay. And one last question. So what is, what's the future here? Just get all the courses that you have in your head out there for people and, and reach more people. Is that the, the sort of near-term plan? I think the near-term plan, as I said, is about, is about scaling up and building systems um, and, and really diving deeper with what I have and reaching more people. I think that to me, that's been my Achilles heel is, is not having those systems in place to really build upon with um, data and metrics. So that's where I am. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. good luck with that. I hate the metrics Thank part you. of this, but we've got to do it. So We've got to do it, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's true. You have to know what you're great at, and then you really have to know with where you can. Um, I know them. I know how to do them. But really, you, I think as an entrepreneur, in order to, to really grow, you have to let go and you have to delegate. You just have to. So that's uh, that's sort of uh, another frontier where I am right now. Okay. 
And it'll be fun to maybe do a follow-up in six months from now, and I can share with you numbers and strategies for your audience. Oh, for sure. I'd definitely like to hear how the, the tracking and testing and purchasing of traffic and all those wonderful things goes. That's, uh, that's where I'm looking to start next year myself, really ramping up the, the buying of traffic. But you have to track your numbers to make that work. So Absolutely. Do it right. Absolutely. Okay, Alexa, thank you for sharing your story and also the, the advice you have on, on presenting yourself online. Hopefully there's some people listening in who feel a little bit more confident right now about possibly getting in front of a camera and talking to the lens. Uh, and yeah, good luck with what you're doing in the future. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. This has been the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. If you want to get the show notes and the transcript of this interview with Alexa, just go to entrepreneurs-journey.com and look in the podcast category for Alexa Fisher. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll talk to you soon. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Alexa Fisher. If you did, I'd really appreciate it if you would spend two minutes now and open up your iTunes app and then go to the EJ podcast and leave a review as well as a five-star rating. That will really help this podcast to reach new people, which in turn will help you because I'll keep looking for great new guests and doing more podcasts just like this. Also, if you haven't already, go to interviewsclub.com and subscribe to the email list so you get these podcasts as soon as they are released direct to your email inbox. You can go to the blog post, enter your email address, subscribe, and then I'll send you an email every time I release a new one, just like this episode with Alexa. That's at interviewsclub.com. That's it from me. I'll speak to you again on the next EJ podcast. My name is Yaros Darek. Goodbye.